0: Gracious Heavenly Father, as we gather together, we thank you for the joy you give us throughout life, and particularly the joy that comes to us through Christmas that reminds us there's a a bigger and better joy to look forward to. Pour down your Holy Spirit on us as we reflect on the joy you give us, and help us to see how this affects our life now, but also our, our outlook on life for the future. Be with us and encourage us, bring us comfort where we need comfort, guidance where we need guidance. And love where we need love. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. There's a story of a lady who is near a building site. The house has been demolished. There's rubble everywhere. And her friend says, why are you so happy? It's a mess. And she says, can't you see? The builders have just arrived. My new house is about to begin. That lady had joy despite the mess in front of her because she knew there was a future to come. And as we go on this adventure to Christmas, God invites us to look forward to the joy that he's going to give us, the joy that comes to us through Jesus, not just at Christmas, that first Christmas, but the joy that will ultimately come to all of us because God invites us into an eternity full of joy with him. And joy is a major theme of Christmas. If you look around, there's decorations that say joy. People have parties and love to be celebrating and they don't like anyone to be unhappy, so they want joy there. And for us Christians, one of, there's a lot of carols that focus on joy and probably the most famous is the carol Joy to the World written by Isaac Watts, and it's based on Psalm 98. But as you listen carefully to the words, you see that this expresses what true joy is for a Christian. Joy to the world. It's it's a wonderful carol for us to sing at Christmas because it actually expresses the true, true joy that God is giving us. It's a joy that God is coming into this world. It's a joy that affects us personally. But it's also a joy that reminds us that our current condition, our current problems, the current situations, and even our own flaws won't stop this joy. And that's why the third verse is so important That's often left out by some churches and even when we sing carols publicly. It's a wonderful gift, this carol, for us to be able to sing and share the gospel with others. It focuses on Jesus and looking forward to his coming, to the future he gives. It in second verse celebrates that Jesus has authority over heaven and earth. The third verse is really a key for us to understand how joy can exist, even though we've got problems, even though we experience sin and difficulties in the world. It celebrates that because of Jesus, sin and curses are no longer the dominant force in our lives. And lastly, it reveals to us in the world that, that we are celebrating that Jesus rules with truth and grace. Isn't that something to be joyful for? Isn't that something to be able to sing joy to the world? Because it's a true joy that God gives us. Something for all of us to reflect on, though, is where do we believe true joy comes from? Where do we believe true joy comes from? Sometimes people think true joy comes from themselves being recognised. Sometimes people think true joy comes from filling their life with things that give them immediate joy. Sometimes people think true joy comes from Getting rid of anything that does not give you joy now. In fact, there's a movement at the moment for the last number of years that says, um, declutter your house. And the way to do it is pick up the item and ask the question, will this give me joy? If not, throw it out. Now, these two things, we want to do things that help us have joy. And we should get rid of things that are not giving us true joy. But the problem with both of these, taken to them extremes... They're very self-centred. And they're very much about what you want now. But that's not how life on this earth is, is it? Life on this earth is about a marathon. It's about going through the ups and downs of life and not getting rid of our problems immediately because they're not giving us joy now. Because some of the things that cause us trouble and difficulty now actually turn out to be a blessing to us later there's also another way to approach joy, and that's a godly perspective of joy. And that joy comes about by connecting with Jesus and being shaped by his perspective of life and the future he gives. And this is our encouragement for this week, is to look at Christmas and to look at Jesus, to be connected with Jesus and being constantly shaped by Jesus as we live through life knowing that we're not perfect, but God is. Knowing that God will give us ultimately true joy. Our reading from Isaiah chapter 35 verses 1 to 10 points to us that the blessing of focusing on Jesus is there is a joyful life to look forward to despite our current circumstances. And that could be the current circumstances of condemnation which can come through the world, people in the world saying, you're not good enough, you don't live up to our expectations, you're not the right person, you don't fit, I've got problems with you. Or it even could be condemnation from God when we are not on track. If you go to the verse prior to Isaiah 35, see Isaiah 34 where God is condemning nations who are living away from his way of life. And all of us will do that from some time to time. That's why we have a time of confession, is to recognise that and to seek God's love and grace. And the second circumstance that we can sometimes feel, we can feel far away from God or lost or wandering around in life. We can feel like we're being in the wilderness. Yet, by focusing on Jesus, we can see that there is true joy to come. If you've ever built a house like that lady at the start of the story of the sermon that I talked about, you would know there's issues, there's problems, there's difficulties that happen. But by focusing on the joy to come, you'll get through those difficulties. And likewise, as Christians, we're invited to join with Jesus for the whole journey. So we, too, can experience true joy and even share some of that joy when there's difficulties and problems in life. Recently I had to visit an area in our locality and there was a number, of, there was a mission group giving out um, food and books to some homeless people. And what was interesting is to watch the expression of some of the hopeless people's face. They're going through difficulties, and yet when they received some food, they had some joy. And then I heard one of them say. You bring me joy to one of the ladies simply by being here. Joy is not just about receiving something, but it's about being with someone. And for us as Christians, it's about us being with Jesus. Let's have a look at a little bit more in Isaiah chapter 35. Isaiah chapter 35 paints this picture of how it may be difficult, it may be dark and parched, it may be in the desert, at the moment, and it paints this picture of how this will change. The glad desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. I don't know if you've been there, but Lake Eyre, for some of my period of life, was nothing more than a salt plain, nothing more than a dry, dusty salt plain which, with not much life. However, when the rains came, it started to blossom and life started to happen. That's the picture that God is saying to each one of us, that no matter what state you're in in life, he will bring life and it will be a blossoming, lively life. That's what we can look forward to in eternity with God. Now you might be saying, well, my life's not too bad at the moment. Things are okay. You know, I've kind of created a buffer zone to make sure things are fine. Can I encourage you to also see that what we have on this life is only a sample of what is to come. It's going to be far better. As a well-known phrase goes, the best is yet to come. We have something better to look forward to, which should give us some joy. And the joy comes from knowing that that has already been secured for us through Jesus who came to earth at Christmas, who died on the cross for us and has paid the price for our sins, has dealt with the barriers that stop us from ever receiving that joy. And then we go on a bit further in Psalm 35 verses 3 to 4. Where Christmas and Jesus, it reminds us that Christmas and Jesus determines our future, not our current circumstances. In other words, many people will say, oh, it depends on what you do now. It depends on how things go. Those who believe in karma, which is not a healthy way to live, will often think, oh, if I do something good now, I'll get something better in the future. Or if I do something bad now, I'll do something worse. I love Bono's perspective of this. Bono from U2. He says, Thank goodness I believe in Jesus Christ rather than karma. Because if I believed in Jesus Christ, my life would be quite depressive because I'd always have to be living up to someone else's expectations. But by believing in Jesus Christ, I believe in grace. I believe that God has forgiven me and gives me a future. Verses 3 to 4 says, Strengthen the feeble hands, Steady the knees that give way. Say to those who are with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with a divine retribution. He will come to save you. The promise of Jesus coming to this earth brings to us this promise that we are going to be saved. As John chapter 3 verses 16 to 17 remind us, For God so loved the world. In other words, for God so loved you that he sent his one and only son into the world, not to condemn the world, not to condemn you, but to save you. God gives you a future. God wants to be in relationship with you. Reminds me of a story when I was at high school and we got to class and I wasn't always the best student both academically and behaviour-wise. I'm in class one day and we sat down and the teacher said, Richard Schwades, can you please come forward? And I didn't know why. And I'm thinking, have I been caught out? Have I done something wrong? But what the teacher wanted to do was share with me some thanks because I'd been involved in a couple of things that it helped the community in school. and wanted to thank me in front of my classmates. And that's how we should approach God, knowing that God is going to welcome us and show us love and grace and not condemn us. Because our future, us receiving this wonderful gift that God is giving us, is not dependent on us. It's not dependent on you dependent on the grace of God, which he reveals to us through Jesus. That's why Christmas is so important for us. That's why celebrating Christmas should be one of the most joyful things we celebrate. Because I, you beauty, God, you have come to earth. I now have more confidence that I have a future. But Christmas and Jesus is not just about me. It's not just about me securing my future through Jesus. Christmas in Jesus is a calling from God for us to help others to seek joy from Jesus, to help others to know that there is a future for them in the same way that there's a future for us. Listen again to those verses, those first few lines of three and four. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way, Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. Your God will come. Occasionally, I have an opportunity to have discussions with people about life and faith, usually on a personal level. And occasionally, some people are honest enough with me to say, I'm not sure that I'll go to heaven if there's a heaven. I'm not sure that God could love me. And often their story is one of, oh yes, they've done some well, they've, but they are focused on themselves, they've also done some things that are not so good and they've affected relationships in a negative and a positive way and they have concerns. Well, if you ever have anyone like that in your life, can I encourage you to speak into their life that God does love them, that their future with God is not dependent on them being perfect, or them having their life all together, or them being seen by others to be in a good place. Their future with God is very much dependent on Jesus. And this verse, that we should be strong and not fear, for God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you, and it will come to save your family and friends who turn to Jesus. Because Christmas and Jesus encourages us to invite others to be part of this. And can I encourage you that as we celebrate Christmas, whether it be our family service next week, whether it be our Christmas Eve carols, whether it be our Christmas Day service, why not invite people to come? to come and worship with us, to come and hear this story, to come and be blessed. Don't just have our Christmas services as a private thing that's for you and us, but let our Christmas services be one that for us and all our friends. So who could you invite next week or the week after to celebrate, to hear the story of, That God gives us true joy. And as we conclude Isaiah chapter 35, verse 10, we see that Christmas and Jesus is leading us to a true joyful life. Now, this joyful life is not something that's going to be joyful purely on this earth. And in fact, sometimes it's not so good. It can be quite frustrating, this life. Things can go wrong. But the beauty of Jesus, the gift of Jesus, is he invites us to walk with him towards the true joyful life of eternity. From verse 10. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They'll enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow will... And sighing will flee away. Do you have sorrows? Do you have regrets? Do you have things that kind of trouble you, maybe in the back of your mind? Do you have things that stop you from experiencing God's true joy? Whether it be experiences or thoughts, well, the New Testament, in particular, Peter, letter to First Peter, reminds us that this true joy, this eternal joy that God gives us, is going to be a life without suffering, pain, death, mourning, or difficulty. It's going to be something that doesn't perish or go away. It's going to be something that we can enjoy forever. And our life as Christians is one of Jesus leading us to that. And so can I encourage you to continue walking with Jesus, to continue on your path as Christians with Jesus, listening to Jesus, being shaped by Jesus, and knowing that when Jesus speaks to you, he speaks to you with truth and grace. And can I encourage you to invite others on this journey? Because God wants us to help others know about his true joy. That's the way God has chosen to work. Christmas is a wonderful time for us to be able to invite others, to encourage others, to see life not just from our own perspective, but also from a perspective to bless others, even if they don't deserve it. You see, the blessing of Christmas is it invites us to be part of God's long-lasting joy by connecting and journeying with Jesus, where joy comes from God and putting our current life into the perspective of the future life that Jesus has made possible. A number of years ago, our family decided to drive from Portland, Victoria, where we're living at that stage, up to the Gold Coast. And our destination, we had all these things planned that we were going to enjoy when we got to the Gold Coast. And they were great. But along the way, we had some stops, which also brought us a little bit of joy. But they also reminded us to keep looking forward to the, the end destination, the Gold Coast. As we live as Christians, let us live with the same mindset. That we're on this journey with each other and with Jesus. Let us remain connected with each other. Let us encourage each other. But also let us keep focused on Jesus, who is leading us to a place of true joy. A place where we will receive God's love abundantly. A place which we haven't had to earn but is gifted to us, not because we deserve it, but because God loves us. And let us help others join this journey too. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. we thank you greatly for the joy you give us. When life is difficult and tough, when we get encouraged to grab hold of short-term joys and leave you behind. Remind us of your presence. Correct us where we need correcting, but also do that in a way that's gracious and truthful. Heavenly Father, we pray for your blessing on our congregation. We pray for all people in Sydney over this Christmas season to know the true joy of Jesus. That the true joy of Jesus rests in an ongoing relationship with your son, Jesus because it brings a future to us, a future which is far better than anything on this earth will receive. Thank you for your promises and thank you for your faithfulness in filling your promises. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.